welcome to Spilling the Tea. I'm Devana, the founder of Witches Tea Flint, and today we're going to talk about Darjeeling and Maybon. We're a week outside of Maybon, but that doesn't mean our favorite wine sabbat still can't be enjoyed and celebrated. Darjeeling is considered the champagne of teas, and tea connoisseurs just can't get enough of this stuff. Its energy is very Maybon-like, which is what we'll get into shortly. Truth be told, of all the teas I've ever tasted, Darjeeling is the one that I'm still kind of getting the hang of. My first foray into Darjeeling was, oh my god, gross, please make it stop, please make it stop. It's the very first tea that I took one sip and had to pour the rest out. I didn't brew it for long enough, didn't let it steep for long enough. Temperature of the water was all wrong. I did everything wrong with this tea and I paid for it dearly. Took me a really long time to move back into Darjeeling and to feel confident enough to try it again. So I'm really glad that I found one that paired well with our Maybon blend. So let's dive into the history of Darjeeling and our seasonal Maybon blend, shall we? Darjeeling is a city in India, actually a very small little hamlet as they call it, and it's near the foothills of the Himalayan mountains. This region spans through Nepal, Bhutan, and Tibet. Buddhism and Hinduism is very prevalent here, and the tea grows and survives at one of the highest elevations. If we were to think about the temperature here, it's in relation to like the northern upper peninsula of Michigan, kind of like Copper Harbor area, and that Canadian climate, Vancouver-ish area. So your highest temperatures are probably going to be about 65 degrees on average, but this tea seems to love it there. The name Darjeeling comes from the Tibetan word Dorje, which means thunderbolt, and Ling, which means place or land. So Darjeeling, the hamlet, city, village, we'll call it city, called the land of the thunderbolt. Dorje Orvarha is also the name of the scepter of Indra. Indra is an anthropomorphic deity in Hinduism and Buddhism and Vedic religion. And it's one of the most important deities of that religion. Typically, Indra is pretty benevolent, generous to their devotees, guarantees peace and prosperity, ends droughts, delivers rainstorms. Indra doesn't like you, probably going to give you a drought, take away all the rain. I wouldn't necessarily call Indra a deity of Mabon. We really can't say, because when you think of like the rainy season and the thunderstorm season, that could be anywhere from March-ish, april ish all the way until October, depending on where you are and beyond. So Indra could be a deity that lords over Ostara, Beltane, Letha, Lamas, Lodasada, Meban, all the way to Samhain. It's just really hard to say. Indra could be someone that you use for pretty much any of those sabbats. The reason Indra gets brought up here is because the region, Darjeeling, is named after Indra. Darjeeling and Indra kind of correlate with Mabon and Bacchus. I mean, really, there is a correlation there. Only Darjeeling is tea, Bacchus is wine, Mabon is the wine sabbat. We'll get there, trust me. I mean, it's like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, but it still works. Therefore, Darjeeling tea is a Maybon appropriate beverage. And this is how a brain on ADD works all day, every day, folks. This is just what happens. So Darjeeling came into being in the early 1800s. I know it's going to sound like I really hate the British with these podcasts. I want to say that I absolutely do not. Let me just say now, God save the queen and please rescue us. 
Also understand that history may not always be very pretty, but it's important to tell it regardless of how ugly it can be. Had the British not done what they did to capitalize on tea, we may not have it as accessible as it is right now. You know, it wouldn't be in Africa, in India, and all the places in India, and it wouldn't be in Japan, in Thailand, and some of the other places. We may not have the teas that we have now, and far be it for me to pass judgment. It could have been done better. They could have handled things a lot better. Absolutely. And it probably would have set the world in a whole different kind of motion. But we're dealing with the world that we live in now, and unfortunately, the British did some pretty nasty things to be able to get tea and capitalize it and make money with it. So the good part about Darjeeling is it ended up being in an area with a very spiritual people who took such good care of the tea that it ended up being this amazing crop and it just flourished and did so well there and it had this unique flavor so there's definitely some magic in the land there in Darjeeling most of the tea bushes in Darjeeling though they got there by being smuggled out by another Scottish explorer botanist adventure my little Scottish heart just kind of breaks every time I hear about another one who took part in this. We have this guy by the name of Robert Fortune. In 1800s, tea consumption was about two pounds a person. And we're not talking just about adult person. We're talking about anyone who's not drinking from a nipple. The world definitely wasn't as big as it is right now, but it was roughly 12% of the population ended up being part of the British Empire. So that's about 115 million people. So we're talking at a bare minimum, roughly 230 million pounds of tea were being drank across the British Empire every year. And since tea is typically sold by the ounce, which is roughly 28.35 grams, that's a lot of tea. A teaspoon is roughly three grams. And three grams is roughly one serving. You could probably put that into a coffee pot and drink on it most of the day. Because it's not like we were going and getting big gulp cups and drinking tea back in the day. We're still drinking the little itty bitty teacups and sipping on it. The demand for tea is something the British couldn't keep up with. But they needed to find a way to get it faster, quicker, cheaper, easier, and cut out the China middleman. We have tea all over the world now because of that. But... We also had some of the colonization and problems because of that as well. Fair trade did help start because of this though, because later we looked at and said, we need to make sure nobody does this again. That was bad. That was really bad, guys. So before Darjeeling was created, the area of Darjeeling was a tiny little town at the base of the Himalayan mountains. And since this tea's popularity came about, it's completely changed the entire region and it's become this major resort that people go to every year. By the time the mid-1800s rolled around, Darjeeling had 39 tea farms of about a thousand acres each and was producing 133,000 pounds of tea. It grew so rapidly that within 10 years, the farm size tripled and production increased tenfold. Darjeeling is picked in three different stages. The first flush, as they call it, is the early spring. The second would be late July to early August, and the third would be around Halloween, and that's how you get the best quality. Now, if you're picking it during monsoon season, which is the entire month of September, you're going to get a really bitter blend. And that's probably going to turn you off of Darjeeling for the rest of your life, unless you're adventurous like me and says, no, 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 this can't be it. This cannot be as bad as it gets. So what I found out with my first foray into Darjeeling is that I had a monsoon blend. I didn't take the time to brew it as long as it should have been brewed and let it steep and unfurl and all of the flavors come in. Now that I've done that, 
and I found a really good blend for our tea. I know that you're not gonna have that same horrible taste, I promise you. A lot of research went into finding the perfect Darjeeling for our Maybon blend. I'm thankful that I found the Singel Estate Darjeeling blend because it's such a unique area. And the very first tea seeds and plants when they were put in the ground, there's just a special magic to it. The aroma alone has a crispness that reminds you of, oh, it's time to grab my sweater or my flannel. It's some really beautiful, beautiful energy. Darjeeling has a ton of health benefits. The best reasons to go for Darjeeling is its cortisol reducing properties. Now, cortisol is a janky mofo. I mean, we need it, but too much ends up giving us a lot of problems. I'm a lifelong asthmatic, and as an asthmatic, I'm well acquainted with cortisol and the downside of cortisol. Not being able to breathe increases the stress hormone, which makes the bronchial passages swell, which means I need a steroid to counteract the naturally occurring steroid overproduction in my body. The cycle never really ends. As an asthmatic, it's a really frustrating thing to deal with. So cortisol being the stress hormone, it's on the top of our kidneys in the adrenal glands. It activates that fight or flight mechanism. So it constantly makes you feel like, oh my God, I gotta run, they're trying to kill me, even though there's nothing really to run from. We really needed this hormone when we were in paleolithic days running from dinosaurs and saber-toothed tigers. But as you can see, there's no dinosaurs or saber-toothed tigers. We're not living in the jungle right now. There's not a whole lot that needs to activate that. However, the world we live in now, it may not have the same dangers that we once had with caveman days, but we still have some of the same things that make us activate that fight or flight. What you need is something to help calm that down to where it's like, you're okay. You're not in danger. Give yourself time to calm down and let's figure out a better solution. Too much cortisol can lead to heart attacks, strokes, or both, depending on how your body reacts to stress. It also elevates your blood pressure, it raises your blood sugar, which if you're diabetic is just awful. And it also makes it kind of impossible to lose weight. So cortisol is something that we definitely need to reduce. I mean, it's, it's good because your body does need to properly be able to respond to stress. But if you're in high gear all the time, your body just kind of goes wacko and everything seems stressful, which is where we see a lot of the mental illness taking hold. Our brain is completely off kilter about how to respond to the stress and what kind of a stress it is. You end up seeing a lot of breakdowns and in communities of high stress and impoverished areas, you see the prevalence of heart disease and that's due to a higher amount of cortisol in the blood. If you've been diagnosed with any kind of heart disease in the past, I would highly recommend switching up some of your daily beverages to Darjeeling. I think it would be beneficial for you. Now, I'm not a doctor or a nurse, but I am an herbalist and on my way to becoming a tea master. And I can tell you that the secret to unlocking many of our health issues is drinking tea. I cannot stress enough that tea is the way to health. Thousands of years of research couldn't possibly be wrong. And millions of people in Asian countries who are happy healthy centenarians couldn't be wrong either. A lot of what we're going through can be fixed by drinking tea. Not everything. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still an asthmatic, but a majority of the health issues can be relieved to where in getting a little bit of relief from breathing issues, from diabetes, from heart disease, so that you can find out that you're not trapped in this body that's not working for you. It's a beautiful thing. 
So let's talk about a few more health benefits of Darjeeling. It's packed with antioxidants like catechins. Now catechins are a disease-fighting flavonoid which detoxifies the free radicals that damage our cells and can help slow the aging process down. Darjeeling has 10 more polyphenols that you would find in fruit and vegetables, but please still eat your fruit and vegetables, even the broccoli. It's good for you, but also drink more tea. Darjeeling has powerful amounts of flavonoids that can make blood cells less prone to clots. Now, clots can cause heart attacks and strokes. People who drink tea regularly can cut their risk of heart attack by 44%. Darjeeling is another one that can help lower cholesterol and blood pressure, and it can also help prevent breast cancer and ovarian cancer in women. The benefit that got me really hooked on Darjeeling and really wanting to find one that I liked was that it can lower the risk of chronic liver disease. In 2018, I had a botched surgery that nearly killed me. I was on ICU for 11 days and in complete organ failure. My liver has yet to recover, so when my friends get to drink wine, I cannot ever again. I mean, I have tea, so it isn't that bad, but I do sometimes miss a really good mulled wine. What I have found, though, is this tea can help repair the liver. Now for a final benefit of Darjeeling. Right now, research is being done at the University of Tokyo on HIV patients, and they're finding that the EGCG found in green tea is actually helping T cells. What they're seeing is it's stopping the T cells from binding to the CD4 molecule, which means someday we may end up being able to eradicate HIV just with tea. That's amazing. In India right now, research is being done with Darjeeling and their bioactive compounds to help prevent neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's. When we say that there's magic in every cup of tea, we are not lying there. But there's also a dash of evidence-based research and scientific method. Darjeeling has some caffeine at about 50 milligrams at its strongest, so it's not as bad as an Assam or an Oolong, and you can safely drink this until about mid-afternoon without the caffeine bothering you too much. Darjeeling is one of the teas, though, that can get really expensive. The higher the quality, the more expensive, but there are some unscrupulous makers that will sell it at top price and it not be top quality. What you want to look for is TGFOP on the label. And what that is, it's Tippy Golden Flowering Orange Pico. And what they're doing is they're picking the plant from the very, very top of the tea plant to give you the absolute best quality. Look for that. You're probably going to really like the blend. Another thing you might want to look for to find a really top quality Darjeeling is the first flush. So if it says TGFOP or if it says first flush on the label, you are definitely going to have a very top quality blend. The other quality may not be all that great tasting, but you're still going to get the health benefits. So if you're drinking it because you know that you're going to get a whole bunch of healthy things in there, still go for it because even the lower quality Darjeelings are still going to have a ton of health benefits. But what we're looking for is palatability. So it's not like a one and done kind of thing. We've got to drink it and keep drinking it and enjoy what we're drinking. Do what you can to find the better quality of Darjeeling. So there's a lot of magical and medicinal properties in Darjeeling, and I haven't even gotten to the best part yet. I wanted to create a tea that 
harnessed all of the energies of Maybon with the wine qualities, but for someone in, say, the recovery community, they would still be able to enjoy. Alcohol seems to run our daily lives, and everywhere you go, there's something being related to alcohol, which is really hard for someone in the recovery community. I work in the recovery community, and I see it a lot, and I see, wow, how is this benefiting someone who can't drink or there's people like me who choose not to drink because of health reasons or just because they don't want to drink. So tea is a good way to counteract that but you want to find a tea that still gives you some of the same qualities just not the negative side effects of alcohol. The tea that we created has a lot of that. I thought about my favorite red wine tried to find a way to recreate that in a tea. Here in Michigan, our wine country is in Leelanau. There's a vintner called Leelanau Cellars who makes the best seasonal wines who are, and it's so beautifully done. Their best is their witch's brew, and it's a red with mulling spices. Quite often I would get cranberry juice and mulling spice, but it didn't have the same depth. That's when I thought about the addition of hibiscus for our tea. Hibiscus is perfectly witchy with its red coloring and how it dies the water red. That was probably one of the more interesting things to see when I first tried hibiscus tea is it didn't make the water that brown color or that light yellow color. It was red and it was a beautiful gorgeous red color. Medicinally hibiscus flowers can help your upper respiratory tract stay healthy and it soothes the throat when it's drunk as a tea. It also helps your body temperature maintain so if you're prone to running fevers or your body temperature spikes up this can help you regulate your body temperature a little bit better. It has a lot of heart healthy benefits and it's rich in vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin D, potassium, and iron. Magically hibiscus is is good for love and sex magic. It can also help heal sexual trauma, it can reignite your passion, and it works to heal the root and the heart chakra. You can use hibiscus for spells for psychic growth and to improve your clairvoyance. So the herbal tea has hibiscus, mulling spices, elderberry, dried cranberry, dried cherry, and dried blueberry. Elderberry we hear a lot about during cold and flu season for its immune supporting properties, and that helps combat the regular seasonal crud that we all get. Elderberry is also a secret weapon for our skin. It's high in antioxidants and can help fight inflammation and the damage that's caused by environmental toxins, pollutions, and sunlight overexposure. It also supports collagen health, which means that premature aging and wrinkling, nope, not happening. In the early days, children's toys like whistles and flutes were carved out of the elder tree. The elder is known as the gateway guardian, which teaches us how to be a mixture of strength and protection, softness and light. It's a feminine tree that's sacred to Venus. Now the mulling spices that are in our tea has orange peel, cinnamon, cloves, and allspice. Orange invites those warm vibrations and it opens the door for success. So orange is definitely a good thing to have around. Plus we got the vitamin C in there. Orange also opens up that sacral chakra, which helps with that passion, that creativity. Cinnamon, clove, and allspice, they all hang out around the root. They help open the roads, plus bring in money and add a warming element. The dried fruits that we added to our Maybon blend are seasonal and they add a lightness to the flavor. So when you combine the herbal with the Darjeeling, not only do you get a major one-two health magical punch, you get a tea that we like to call wine me, dine me, witch denying me. Please laugh. 
I don't do many dad jokes, but I try to cleverly name all the teas. Both the herbal and the Darjeeling blend are available on our website at witchesteaflint.com. I hope you enjoyed your time with me during this podcast. Please stay safe, stay healthy and happy wherever you are. Make good choices, take care of one another, and I hope the magic in all of your cups overflows. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.